Welcome to the Guides Gone Wild podcast. What is Guides Gone Wild, you ask? This is where you'll fill your ears and minds with the stories of everyday, extraordinary women who will inspire you to take your outdoor adventure game to the next level. Whether you're starting your journey from the couch or the trailhead, this is the place for you, so let's get a little wild. Welcome to Guides Gone Wild. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a special return guest for this special 52nd official episode. We're coming up fast on June 19th, which marks exactly one year since I pushed publish and officially released Guides Gone Wild into the world and pretty much throw up in my mouth. I hope you're all also aware that June 19th is also Juneteenth. Some think Juneteenth is a holiday celebrating the so-called end of slavery, but it actually commemorates the day that a group of slaves in Galveston, Texas, were finally informed by Union troops of the fact that they'd been, at least statutorily, emancipated by President Lincoln over two years prior, which honestly also makes me kind of throw up in my mouth. Juneteenth is a celebration, but also a very sobering reminder of how far we still have to go as an American society to achieve true emancipation from the social, cultural, political, academic, financial, white-centering factors that have anchored systemic racism so firmly in our country. So today I'm bringing back Serena Ryan to the pod. Serena first visited us last November on episode 24 to talk about White Mountain Hiking and her business, The Notch Hostel, in North Woodstock, New Hampshire. Serena is also one of the founders of a racial justice movement called Summits in Solidarity, which is organizing its second annual education awareness and fundraising event that culminates with a hike day on June 26th. I mentioned Summits in Solidarity briefly when I talked to Serena last year, but we didn't get a chance to get into it then, and I felt like it was high time. I'm going to let Serena tell you all about it, so let's get ready to start the hard work with Serena Ryan. All right, Serena Ryan, back for round two to the Guides Come Out podcast. Welcome this fine morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, as we talked about, I think even the first time you came, which was back on episode, I can't remember. Um, we, you have this other whole thing going on besides all the stuff that you're doing with the hostel called summits and solidarity that you started last year. Um, and, and I want you to talk about that because it's coming up this year again, it has, you know, continued to evolve, continue to expand. And it's just an important thing to talk about. And so I have been wanting to bring you back to tell the story of how you, you know, kicked it off in the first place, what it had, what it looked like at the beginning and where it's going this year. Um, maybe how it's evolved, how it's changed, uh, all that. So I'm just going to shut up and let you kind of take, take the reins and tell us all about it. Thanks. Yeah. The, event or the movement I prefer but um, summits in solidarity started right in the wake of the George Floyd murder last year and so we're just coming up on an anniversary of that I started this with my co with my co-worker Phil Karsha who is a prolific white mountain hiker and also an employee at my hostel the in North Woodstock New Hampshire. So um, we started this a year ago as essentially um, 
at, at first it was pretty similar to like the event flags on the 48 where people go climb one of the mountains, one of the, there's 48, 4,000 footers in New Hampshire. So people climbed various peaks throughout the White Mountains, including these 48 peaks, um, went to the summit, held signs in support of Black Lives Matter, and also like summits in solidarity and various other signs that they wanted to hold. And they, so they expressed their solidarity with hikers of color and also most importantly, like donated to our fundraiser for Outdoor Afro. We raised $10,000 and also made a lot of commitments to self-education and community action, which we documented with like hundreds of commitments, which was uh, pretty powerful. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah. And so then, and I guess like, let's back up maybe a little bit before that. Like what was it? I mean, obviously the George Floyd uh, murder was a very pivotal time for everybody's, you know, conscience of just like, oh my God, we have to stop ig- ignoring this because everybody knows that it's been going on forever and it's just horrifying and terrible. And it, it kind of start started a lot of balls rolling in a lot of people's minds and a lot of people's actions, thankfully. Um, but what was it like, where, why do you think that was an activation point for you? Like what was going on before that or what were you observing or feeling or? Well, I had not been involved with social justice work as part of my, well, life in general and also uh, my role as a, you know, a, an owner of a, of a hiking related hospitality business in the White Mountains uh, up until that point. And I was having a conversation with my brother in the wake of the murder. And he's also a small business owner in Washington, D.C. And he had said, so what are what is the Notch Hostel going to do about this? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was the one that initially kind of explained I think because he's also in an urban area and much more in tune with like all the protests were going on and you know he kind of filled me in because I'm not much of it I wasn't much of a news person he's like um you need to make a statement you need to get involved you need to start confronting your whiteness and uh he gave me like books some books to read things like that and and that conversation It's funny. Now I'm 10 times more involved with the movement than he is. (laughs) He's like, Oh, I got to come up. But so that, that was like kind of the pivotal moment for me. There was a lot of, I had a lot of shame in the beginning of my journey in, you know, learning about white supremacy and getting involved with anti-racism because I hadn't been involved with it before. And you know, I, I was like, had a lot of shame about, about, um, you know, the, the years that I could have been doing work on this and hadn't. So that was something that I had to work through. One of my friends actually sent me this little meme that had something really helpful. It was like a list of all these contradu- contradictions for among white people that are joining the racial justice movement. And one of them was that, you know, we feel this shame for not having joined 
sooner or gotten active sooner in our lives. And yet we need new people to join the movement in order for it to be a success. Um, and that was actually really helpful because I realized that, you know, my my feelings of like shame about that were based in like ego and fear of what other people would think about me. And actually when I'm stuck in that place, I'm complete, I'm, I'm not helpful to anybody and certainly not um, helpful to the, you know, the movement for racial justice. So I was able to kind of work through that stuff on my own and just continue moving forward. Yeah, I think um, that that is all really good to to bring up because I do think that we kid ourselves, those of us who live in the Northeast and are outside of an urban area and even in, in a rural area like where you are, I mean, for better or for worse, you you there's very little diversity in the outdoors on the on the surface when you just go out if you go out on a hike and you know around the hostel or it is less likely that you're going to encounter you know a non-white person in that in the outdoors it's thankfully changing a little bit but i think it it was too it's been too easy for people to just be like oh well this isn't something that goes you know we're this isn't an issue here, or it's very easy to just kind of talk yourself out of it for 9 million different ways of like, oh, well, I don't know what to do because I'm not down there where people are rioting or whatever. Like there's a million excuses that you can make. That white just, people can make. That white people can, yeah, exactly. That white people can make to be like, oh, well, you know, and I don't know, how, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like, like what you were saying, like, your brother was like, what the hell are you going to do? And you're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And, and that's been very easy for white people up here to just kind of be like, well, I don't really know what to do. It's not really a big issue where I am, you know? um, And it's because we have, you know, white people have, have eradicated all you know, previous indigenous folks that were living here and then, you know, made it such that these areas are completely whitewashed. And not to mention, it's so uncomfortable for most people of color that I've, I've become through my work friends with quite a few people of color who actually do live up here. And um, it's so uncomfortable for them to just exist here because it's such i mean we're the third whitest state in the country and the other two are vermont and maine (laughs) so um like we have one black person who previously we had one black resident in my town in north woodstock she was one of my best friends and she recently moved back to dc after having lived here for a year or two with her family um, because she was just so uncomfortable, live, you know, from both like overt racist attacks through her work and also just, I think more insidious was just the like feeling of being a museum exhibit at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, you know, and it was a huge, huge like decision for her, but you know, she was like, I can't, I'm, I can't be, I can't live here. I can't yeah. do this. And that's, that's not her problem. That's our problem. Like we think that as white people, we think like, oh, what's the problem? We're friendly. It's like, no, 
like that that is an issue that like I'm working on addressing with the people in my neighborhood who like she lived right down the street from me and like something that I can do is help the people in my neighborhood to like clue them into what's going on with with you know the the overwhelming whiteness in our neighborhood and and um and perhaps like in the future people will be more at least educated and understanding and willing to admit that this is actually a real issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that is, that's a super valid too. Um, so my oldest daughter, my older daughter is black and it's, as she gets older, you know, we're, we are constantly talking about stuff like that because it's so true. Like we, you know, we're in a marginally more diverse area than, than you are, but not by a whole hell of a lot. And there is this almost, uh, there is kind of a messed up reverse racism that goes on here where uh, like she is almost like a museum exhibit, like everyone in town, you know, like everyone knows her. She gets, she's even recognizing that she gets some special treatment sometimes from some people because of this like weird overcompensation assumption situation. Like, like she's Ethiopian. She's like one of the slowest people on the face of the planet. If you actually watch her run, but everybody, every sports coach she ever has is like, wow, you're fast. You know? And she's like, mom, I'm not fast. <laughs> like, I know. And people are, I know, you know, it's like, it's stuff like that, that, you know, okay, it's well-intentioned, but it's completely misplaced and just not completely wrong. And it makes her feel like just weird, even if it's not a negative thing. It's just like, why am I even being called out for this? Because like, yeah. Yeah. So that's why, um, you know, in, in, on summitsandsolidarity.org, we have in it, you know, yes, the hike day is important and the fundraiser is very important, but what I'm really encouraging folks to do is take a look at the resources for participants page. Um, especially white folks who are new to the anti-racism movement, because if they, if you're open to um, doing a little more learning about anti-racism before jumping into very like vocal action, that can help you to engage in this kind of accomplice and allyship work without doing harm to BIPOC. So like one of the things we have on our course list is this book called me and white supremacy a 28-day challenge to combat racism change the world and become a good ancestor it's a great book by Layla Saad it started out as like an Instagram challenge and it really helps white people to challenge some of those stereotype you know those those like like what you just said like oh Ethiopians are fast runners like that's that's actually like super racist we don't you know that that's and it's just so ingrained in our white culture that we don't even like maybe think about it but this book has has really helped to um helps helps you to to just challenge every single aspect of your thinking about BIPOC in ways that at least for me like I hadn't even realized some of the ways that I had had these like ingrained stereotypes. Yeah. And, and it, and it just plays into the whole institutional racism stuff and just the stuff, the way that our, you know, unfortunately the way that our culture has evolved or way that our economic system has evolved, the way that our academic system has evolved has, has very much um, 
institutionalized a lot of these thought patterns and and make them very very difficult to overcome but you know it's not impossible and i i would definitely second um serena has an amazing that is an amazing list of stuff that you have created on the site now where like how did you compile all that let's get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty of like what is the full you know intention of the initiative and like obviously it's an ongoing it's ongoing work but Let's talk a little bit about the activities in June and kind of what you're hoping people will kind of undertake and what your journey has looked like too. Um, yeah, so Summits in Solidarity is a hiking initiative for racial justice that you can participate in from anywhere in the world. And this, you know, it started out in New Hampshire, but this year we have people participating from everywhere from my from the hostel here in New Hampshire to um, the summit of Denali in Alaska. Our mission is to we have sort of a three part mission. It's to dismantle white supremacy in hikers and hiking culture, foster connections that support a new anti racist outdoors community, and finally to raise funds for BIPOC justice organizations. So last year, like I said, we raised $10,000 for Outdoor Afro. This year we have a GoFundMe for hope our goal is $20,000, which we're going to split between two organizations here in New Hampshire. One of them is an indigenous group that is doing work on saving and preserving indigenous spaces here in New Hampshire. Um, they're also really involved with the policy work at the state level to try to promote and defend indigenous rights. They're actually one of the, they're the only nonprofit, uh, indigenous nonprofit in New Hampshire that's currently like really active and in good standing. So um, we really wanna help support them in continuing. <laughs> and the other organization we're raising money for is well, it's the, the, it's, it's the Black Excellence Fund and Storytelling Project, which is being put on by NH Panthers, a group in Plymouth, New Hampshire. And their focus is on promoting Black youth opportunities and storytelling. So this year, the funds will be going to two different young Black folks, uh, one guy, one girl, who are aspiring to basically do amazing shit in a white washed world. <laughs> um, one of them is hoping to be a, a professional freestyle skier and the other is working on her um, EMT license. Um, and again, being in an area where there are very, very few black people, they, they face particular challenges and also have some really powerful stories to tell. So that's kind of what what we're doing with the fundraising. And so for hike day, each year, hopefully going forward, this is our second year, each year we will head to the hills on the last Saturday in June. You can also participate in the two weeks leading up to the event because people are busy and not everyone's free the last Saturday in June. <laughs> so our participants, we have people that are BIPOC, we have people that are white, we have trans participants. We have we have people from all walks of life participating across the country, um, and essentially we head to any high point in 
your area or really any outdoor location at all. And we unapologetically take up space as or express our solidarity with BIPOC people in outdoor spaces. So this event is really about dismantling white supremacy in the outdoor culture, kind of being loud and proud, and also um, raising awareness about both the fundraising that we're trying to do and uh, projects that are aimed at amplifying BIPOC outdoor culture. So uh, if you want to participate, you can go to summitsandsolidarity.org and sign up. You can order a bandana flag for your hike if you would like that says Summits Solidarity on it. (laughs) Um, Make a donation. And then you basically, you hike up to a mountaintop or any outdoor place of your choice. You hold your sign that says Summits and Solidarity, and you can include any other messages that you want in support of racial justice. Once you do your hike, you can post your photo on social media or if you don't have social media you can email it to us and we'll post it for you typically people post like a description in their in their write-up that explains why you participated in the hike Uh, so if you're BIPOC it might be you know your experience with BIPOC joy outdoors or potentially some um, personal experience with racism and why it's important for us to redefine outdoor culture. Um, If you're white, it might be uh, an explanation of action that you're taking and a call for other white followers to get involved with this type of work. And ask ask your white people to donate. (laughs) White people pay up. That's part of this. That's part of our fundraising (laughs) tactic here. So um, that's, that's kind of how it, how hike day is set up. Awesome. And then you talked about the me and white supremacy kind of resource and and thing to work through. Like what are maybe one or two other things that you would point to as, you know, good starting points or good, uh, I don't know, brain benders as far as opening up kind of your mindset and, and for folks that are white that are just like, wait, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't even know what to start. Or I'm, um, I don't, you know, like that are uncomfortable. I mean, I guess the it, it's worth saying that the whole point of this is not to be comfortable for, for you folks, meaning like me, like white people, like white women <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't think this is like this easy. <laughs> oh, I can just flip a switch. And, and, and just the fact that you think that you can fix a problem is indicative of, you know, your white supremacy mindset. So just, just so you know, but like, give us some, give us some more, um, maybe of the stuff that you have worked with and worked through, because, you know, I think what I love about the resource page is that you've said that it's essentially reflective of what your journey has looked like. Correct. You've done like all of this work. Uh, I, I have, I mean, I, there's so much more out there. There's so many more, Courses I want to take, books I want to read, um, but the yeah, it, the three courses at the bottom, I have taken all three of them. Um, they're pretty pretty involved. Well, the Me and White Supremacy Challenge is something that I I would recommend to any white person who wants to get involved. It's it's not 
I mean, it's a 28 day challenge, but the the chapters themselves are only a couple pages each. So it's not an enormous time commitment. Whereas the other two courses listed are several, several uh, like months of work. However, you know, for those of us that are just dipping our toes in, um, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful podcasts out there. We mentioned the Outdoor Voices podcast. Um, there's also actually a lot going on on Netflix mm-hmm. right now. So um, if you check out their like Netflix for AAPI Heritage Month, they have put out a ton of Asian documentaries and movies. And um, there's actually listed on here one of my favorite Netflix shows featuring Black and Latinx trans folks that are involved with the New York City ball culture in ball culture scene that took place in starting in the 1980s. Um, that that show, uh, it's called Pose. I would recommend it to anybody. It really gives, I mean, Black and Latinx trans folks have a very unique experience with um, racism and discrimination. And um, this show really dives into to that, um, some of this really important history that is really like has, has been completely um, tr- misrepresented by mainstream media. So check that out as well. Also, Disclosure is a really great um, Netflix movie that dives into trans experiences in general um, in Hollywood. Yeah, that's awesome. Hugely, hugely second that I I feel like. And and the thing is, it's, it's not like you have to drink from the fire hose. I mean, it's great if you're going in all in jumping in, but any any amount of movement is it's just like anything else, any amount of movement is gonna, you know, break the inertia of doing nothing. And Right. I mean, <laughs> I just, exactly. I, you exactly. know, I, I think what, what, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was just like how you can get all hung up on, and again, it's totally a white thing, get all hang up, hung up on what everybody thinks about things, or do you second guess yourself, or you want to do everything perfectly or right the first time. And like the, if you, you can't let, yeah, not gonna no, happen. for sure, not going to happen. But also you can't let that just hogtie you into doing nothing because as we are all painfully aware now, just standing by and doing nothing is, is, is not an option. <laughs> should not be an option. Well, a lot of my journey, I mean, it's, it's, it's really about confronting my own ego and my fears about people liking me, both white people and BIPOC people. Like it's, it's scary to post on, like I posted my friend who, um, my friend is, wrote this incredible article about the trans experience outdoors. um, And it was posted by Green Mountain Club in their blog. And I posted it on the Hike the 4,000 Footers Facebook page, um, knowing full well that it would, you know, cause a lot of comments and arguments on there because it's a pretty toxic Facebook group. But, you know, it's a really important message. And if there are any other trans hikers that are on that page, I, you know, was hoping it would reach them. 
So, and just watching, I mean, the comments, it, it, I posted it a week ago and people are still commenting on like, get this crap off of our page. I hike to get away from politics, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't give a crap what's in your crotch. You know, it was, I mean, it hundreds and hundreds of comments. People are just so uh, white, angry white people um, on this page are just so opposed to anything that's not just like a pretty picture of a mountain. And, um, you know, the, the post itself was actually, you know, I thought it was, uh, you know, pretty neutral. There was no like call for people to act or anything like that. It was simply like, hey, here's a really great article that was recently posted by one of our white mountain hikers. And like a year ago, I would have like really cared about a lot of those comments and, and, and been, you know, like, oh man, like I should have posted this in a way that wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, cause, you know, cause any, any negative comments. And what I've learned is like, that's impossible, you know, by just by getting involved with the racial justice movement. It's so, I mean, if this was like, if this, if people, well, if, if you could post an article, you know, about like Black Lives Matter or transgender rights on the Hike the 4000 Footer page and you would get nothing but lovely comments and support and flowers, then like there probably wouldn't be a need for the social justice movements that there are today. Um, like this is this is like part of the problem is that like white people in particular are so many white people in particular are just so unwilling to even look at this stuff or observe that you know people like the, the that that like I you know have to come in as like an accomplice to my trans friend and post this stuff on the page so that you know it gets seen but my friend doesn't get you know attacked in the woods for you know having put their neck out there and they don't they also have no I mean, the, the, the damage that the emotional and mental um, trauma that they would have experienced if they had posted on that page would be pretty significant um, based on what the comments yeah. were. So, um, yeah, now today it's about not caring about what this 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 like small portion of society cares about and focusing more on like connections with other white people that are doing the work and. BIPOC and other marginalized groups that are, um, who's, you know, whose voices yeah, need to for be sure. Heard. And so, and I guess this is a, it's made ever more interesting because you're a business owner, you know what I mean? And, and so it's not even like, you're just speaking for yourself. You're speaking for your business as well. And, you know, your business is smack dab in the middle of this community of, hiking enthusiasts and, you know, just, I guess with that frame and just the frame of you as an individual, like, what do you feel like the two or three most important things are that you're doing right now as an accomplice, as an ally, or what we're, you know, what, what are the things that you are trying to do, I guess, the most to be the most effective? Well, uh, I think that the North Country Social Justice Collective that I started last year has been really beneficial for me and the other individuals and groups that are a part of it. It's a group of exactly what it sounds like, like so social justice orgs in our area 
um, some white lead, but many BIPOC lead. And we meet once a month on Zoom. And we not only update each other on, on the work we're doing and, and like how we can support each other, um, but we also have become friends and offer like moral support in in this work um, because it is challenging and it is frustrating and and you know those comments as much as I say I don't care like they you know some of them did sting a little bit <laughs> so which is fine but yeah that that collective and the friendships that are starting to come out of out of that um, are really valuable to me part of my solidarity work is simply being a friend like checking in with people that are going through like for example during the the Israeli-Palestine conflict that just happened like one of the people on the collective is a Jewish transgender woman and I we just had like a really really like deep conversation about what what it was like she was experiencing a lot of anti-semitism and we talked about like how really like the U.S. government is sponsoring a lot of this brutality and and people are a lot of people are are misdirecting their 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 blame at um, you know like Jewish Americans which who really don't have anything to do with it um, so so like uh, friendship you know is important and and community um, the the North Country Social Justice Collective um, that that's actually also how I'm connected with the two people the two organizations that are that we are fundraising for this year. So um, I meet I meet with the orgs that we're raising the funds for every month. And I know that they're doing really great work. Um, and that's part of why we yeah, wanted to support that's them. That's awesome. Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, I just, I'm super appreciative of, of what you're doing. And I, um, it's, it's just a great reminder of like, what the hell's my excuse? You know what I mean? <laughs> I just feel like, but I'm going to not fall into that hole of, oh, I'm feeling bad for not being more involved. So I'm going to put, kick the can down the road even more. You know, I think that as you were saying before, it's as a white person, you have that privilege to say, oh, this is really hard for me right now. So I'm not going to do it right now. But yeah, no, that's not the right answer. Uh, all right, Serena. Yeah, I would also really recommend, yeah, I just absolutely. want to say one more thing. Um, Anti, anti-racism daily is a newsletter that I subscribe to and it's every day in your in- inbox, a short newsletter about a, I mean, all sorts of different racial justice topics, uh, particularly comments on like current events from a BIPOC and racial justice perspective. And um, I, I can't recommend it enough if you are just, you know, just wanting to get involved a little more in what's going on and read some really great articles. Um, um, every single day at the top of the newsletter, they have specific action items you can take to help with addressing whatever issue their their post is about that day. So just this morning, I sent an email out after reading about the Black Wall Street massacre and the uh, Tulsa representatives that are being asked to issue a formal apology and you know you just click on the links and the email um, signing petitions um, it's 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 a really great way to get involved yeah that's awesome no and that was going to be kind of how I, I wanted to wrap this up because I obviously summits in solidarity.org 
we should go to um, any other places that you want to specifically point people at this point? Summitsandsolidarity.org and then the sign up yeah. and donate button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been. Sign up and donate button on our on the page. On and page. yes, and if you want to get the 28 day challenge underway, you'll be pretty much if you're if you're very diligent, I'm going to try to get this up what June 3rd. So if you're diligent, you'll have it. You'll be well underway by the time it's hike day. So I would uh, strongly encourage everyone to check that out as well. And then of course, when you if you are going to be going to the White Mountains to do some sort of you know, hiking, training for your hike, whatever. Obviously the Notch Hostel is a fantastic place to be. And I will say that the, my girls and I, and actually my whole family, we went up back in, uh, I don't know, early, late, late winter and stayed for a weekend and it was super awesome. And it, you know, there was a ton of women there, a ton of single women. Like it's definitely a safe place for people to just go and be and, and, uh, they were having a great time and, it was, it was super cool. So I, uh, it was, yeah, it was great. And she's repainting the whole darn place right now. We were just commenting on before we got on the, the, the audio about all the work she's doing to the hostel this spring to spruce it up. So, um, I hope everybody checks it out and for sure, get on over to summitsandsolidarity.org and make a plan for later this month. And, uh, and for, beyond like it isn't just a one and out thing for sure make a commitment and and just do something yeah we always are looking for volunteers to help us uh if throughout the year so oh yeah feel free to reach out to me if you that's right more involved that's right i'm gonna actually try to uh, i'm I'm gonna try to do a uh a a notch internship myself and get away from my family for a few days see if i can arrange some uh i'm like i'll come and clean your place Is that at least I'm so yeah. at least I'm in the mountains. Yes, yes. We offer we do offer a work yeah. exchange program for people that are looking to stay on a budget. Um, so, so come on over to the notch. We'll do a summits and solidarity yeah. hike and relax Absolutely. by the fire pit. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you again, Serena. This has been great. And I really appreciate your time and talking us through this and giving us uh, some marching orders for for starting tomorrow, man. Start, just start, just start something. Yes. Every step forward is a step in the right direction. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Okay. First thing worth noting, we've been talking all about being an ally and an accomplice and Serena shares some great resources for getting more informed and involved in social and racial justice initiatives. But please, please keep in mind, listening to a couple of white women go on and on about these issues is not enough. You really need to seek out and listen to the voices of the people who are directly impacted by our continent's 500 year history of colonialism, racism and white supremacist ethos. As mentioned in the intro and during our conversation, it's hugely important to open your ears and eyes to the voices and messages being shared by people of color, indigenous people, people with different sexual orientations or gender identities. Serena's got tons of suggestions on her resource page, which I've linked to in the show notes, but that should only be your jumping off point. Basically, if your entire news and social feeds are filled with pretty pictures of the outdoors and writing from people who look and act and think like you, You might be more comfortable and have more fun mindlessly scrolling, but you're also part of the problem. 
I hope you'll get your 28-day challenge underway and head on over to summitsandsolidarity.org to join the movement and most importantly, donate to support the great work that Panther and the Kawasak Band are doing in New Hampshire to bring Black and Indigenous people's voices and experiences forward. Tons of links in the show notes. Head on over to guidesgonewild.com. And I hope to see some of you getting loud, proud, and a little wild on a mountaintop come June 26th.